Hello, and welcome to the Fantasy Book of the Month podcast, where we do book stuff. I am your host, Katie, and with me is Peter Soros. Rar, hello. Rachelopolis. Hello, I'm apparently a town now. And Nick. <laughs> Hi, I'm Nick. <laughs> Uh, we are currently down a Danosaur. Oh, shit. Dan should have been Danosaur instead of... Pe- anyway. Um, hey, guys. So this month we are... Our theme was airships, which weirdly was kind of a hard one to pick a book for. Yeah. I mean, there was the Aeronauts Windlass, but it seemed kind of like right up front. And I think we wanted to look maybe a little deeper. Also, I've done that for cats. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> because it also I, has a talking cat in that book. <laughs> I see. Yeah, I have no memory for what books we've already done. I know, because you've done re- you've redone books several times, and I'm well, I was going to remind say, you. Because <laughs> he's rebooted several times since then and lost his memory banks. Yeah, my, non, my non-volatile memory is uh, <laughs> sus- subject to, to flaws. Yes, Nick. I don't want to burst anybody's airship right now, but we've been doing this for four years. So no. Holy shit, we're old. No, we haven't. I no. mean, we, I believe, let me just confirm if you... This is like our, isn't this like our sixth episode or something? I thought it was uh, our fifth year. Uh, we have thus far recorded 50 episodes. Oh my gosh, you guys, let's get drunk. And I also want to just point out that I don't count author interviews. I count those as 0.5s. Really? Uh, you guys? Yes. Yeah. We're at 50. What should we do? Should we, like, rob a bank? Well, yes. I think this is 51. Oh, never mind. Never mind. Drop the Bank's point. off. In, in, Damn it, we missed our chance. In typical Too Many Thoughts media fashion, we totally dropped the ball, missed the... Uh, <laughs> Missed the celebratory mark. And we're going to have to wait for 100 and then forget about it and talk about it on 102. There you go. Does anyone actually listen to podcasts anymore? I do. I do. Oh, yeah, a few people. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Maybe 52. We can do something like themed with like a deck of cards or something. I don't know. I mean, we already picked our theme for 52, and it's not cards Aww. or gambling. Oh, yes. We just All talked right. about it like 10 it, minutes it, ago. It, it's not too late to change everything because we we're do- fickle. Are we going to do it live? Where's the- Yo, oh, should we do a live show? <laughs> oh, I need God, the Bill no. O'Reilly. Fuck it. We'll do it live. <laughs> that was what I was going for. But <laughs> all right, we will argue about this at the end of the show, maybe. Um, so, but before we get into the specific book, like airships, what even is they? Uh, well, they're fantasy? typically associated. Well, yeah, I was gonna say steampunk is typically associated with it. Yeah. Okay. So they're common-ish to the steampunk genre. Um, what, what makes them interesting to people? Because we don't actually have them anymore. Mm. They're yeah. like a lost mode of transportation that was super fucking cool and should not have been abandoned. 
Okay. Well, I know where you're investing your entrepreneurial energies. <laughs> I guess because it's like a big metal thing in the sky. And then we also associate it with like old timey shit. And also, yeah. uh, for some reason, Kiki's delivery service that comes yeah, out. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I love that movie so, so much. Oh my god. Did gosh. they have an airship? They did. Yeah, they they have the dirigible. Hit- oh. It was the Hindenburg, I think, because it crashed. Oh. I don't think it was specifically the Hindenburg. I think it was supposed to be like Hindenburg adjacent. Hindenburg. But it crashes and her bow is like swept into the air and she has to fly. Yeah, again what's to his save name? Him. Tombo? I don't know. Oh her gosh. boyfriend. That's not I her boyfriend because she's like 12. I love that movie so much. It's been a long I, time. It, I should probably watch it again. My parents hated it because it was my movie. That I watched as oh. a child, if oh, you know yes. what I mean. Oh, I know what you mean. <laughs> oh my gosh, we need to start back up Nostalgia Plus, you guys. Oh, that would be That's good. number one on the docket. Okay. It's going to turn into the Ghibli Hour, where I'm going to watch all the Ghibli movies. Yes! Yes, I actually have the box set of like all of the movies that they've made, except for the newest one, because I don't I think I just want to say Ghibli, 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 Ghibli. All right, so I know airships, <laughs> though. <laughs> we got off track again. Um, airships don't have tracks. That's trains. Come on, guys. Uh, and tanks also have tracks. Unless I guess maybe you call them treads. I don't know. Um, I think I think there's a fascination to airships because it gives us this whole, you know, third dimension of of access of space to explore. Right. Uh, you know, people talking about the development of air travel talk about how humankind has has longed to fly for hundreds of years. And sure, we have airplanes, but they are, they're not really. They're inaccessible to normal people. Inaccessible is very much the word I was looking for. Yeah, thank you. I got you, and, Peter. Yeah, thank also, you, Katie. Fist bump. Boom. It also, though, airplanes don't at least modern airplanes don't bring that same sense of exploration that like a a giant ship on the ocean did. Yeah. Well, so there's something, um, it's romantic. It has a sense of wonder to it. Well, and, and like an airplane feels like a conveyance. It feels like a vehicle. It doesn't feel like a place, like an airship feels like a place to me. Um, I'm, Currently, the grandpa of the podcast, and Stan's not here, um, which make which means I might be the only one who remembers the Tailspin show from the old Disney Afternoon. Um, but they had like, not only did they have air pirates who had a giant blimp from which they would launch their little raider planes with machine guns, there was also uh, Louis's like refill station that was literally a floating gas station in the sky where you could <laughs> like fly up and park your plane and they would refill it for you and a bunch of monkeys would refill it for you and then you would fly away and it's just like zeppelins because they don't rely on speed to stay aloft feel like they have this uh this is a sense of place instead of just a sense of motion. Yes. Is that, would you kind of consider like a train being the same way these days? I think a train could, it could have some of the same, like it is a 
like a train feels like a place that moves much in like yeah, I think unlike- it has the same oomph as a as a zeppelin or other dirigible um unlike a plane which is like a seat that moves yeah okay so well, like the plane to the dirigible would be like a car to a train yeah maybe you just kind of sit there and wait for it to be over and hope nobody throws up on you yeah that sounds I, I, I also, yeah i also think more than that uh, Rachel basically hit the nail on the head at the beginning, just saying that it's associated with steampunk. If did any of you listen to the audiobook version of this? I, I did. did not. Did you listen to the author at the end, Rachel, as well? I did not. Okay. At the end, the author spoke for six minutes or so, and um, one of the things he mentioned was how steampunk as a genre is meant to uh, take the past and the future combine them and make us think about what was and what could be right and i think airships manage to feel both historic and futuristic at the same time Mm, because we never really embraced them as a technology but when we were trying it was 50 to 80 years ago we need we need Rob to come up here with his the future voice. In the future. <laughs> Wait, who's yeah, Rob? Yeah. What? Yeah, who's Rob? Oh, Rob is from Two Cents Radio. Oh, he, um, he has this uh, audio filter where it makes it sound like he's inside like a fishbowl, <laughs> and oh. he's talking like like an old timey radio host, like in the future. I see. Yeah, it's a bit he does. <laughs> uh, I. But specifically in the book that we read, we had the future and also like kind of the past with both sides of the technology we'll get into, I yes. guess. Yes. Holy shit. Should we mention what book we read? Nah. Probably. They should yeah, guess. Guess. Guess, heathens. Submit your answers now. I mean, <laughs> you should know because we announced it at the end of the last episode. So uh, I guess I guess I'll do it. I guess I'll do it. <laughs> we read Leviathan by Scott Westerfield. Westerfeld. Feld. Feld. Thank Field. you. I keep thinking Leviathan wakes. Here I, I hear Leviathan. <laughs> Leviathan wakes. No. Yeah, it's a different <laughs> different book. And um, it is a steampunk YA. alt history. Y- YA. It's though. also very YA. So that's yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a it's a young adult World War One era alternate history with with steampunk and uh, biological American. science. Very I was gonna akin say, to uh, Wild Wild West with uh, Will Smith <laughs> in, in a lot of ways. It, it had that same feel to it, at least the me- the mechanic. Uh, you lost robots. me. I never saw that. Uh, it's a. That's fine. Alternate history of the Wild West where they had like mecha robots. It's not a good movie. Okay. Moving on then. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, so this book follows um a Scottish lass who like hides in plain sight as a Scottish lad to join the Air Force on the huge ship Leviathan, which is actually a living organism with like its own biome type ecology thing because mm-hmm. 
there's, like, other creatures that live on there that are also, like, weapons. Like, they have these weird bats that, like, poop bullets or something. Right. So, yeah, like, the setting presumes that not only did the... uh did Darwin discover heritability and the, the, you know, the nature of evolution, but also discovered uh, DNA and ways to manipulate it. And that, that science has been thoroughly matured uh, in the time since Darwin by, I guess, Britain and Russia. Um, Yep. They're called the Darwinists. Right. And on the other side of the coin is the Clanker Society, which is going to be like your access powers. Right, um, Austria. They, and, yeah. And it, our main character from that side is Prince Alexander, who is a fictional prince and is like the fictional son of um, Archduke Franz Ferdinand, I believe. Yeah, the, the dude right. who got shot and started off World War One. Yes. And so it starts with, like, he has to escape so that, you know, because he's the next in line and stuff. Right. So Alex goes on the <laughs> run uh, in one of their their clanker war machines, which is very like a walking tank. It, you know, it's managed by a crew of four or five or something like that. And um, and what's the the. What's her name? Dur- Dylan Ni- or Darren? Well, it's Dylan when she's pretending da- to be a boy. Darren? Okay, Darren. Um, yeah, you know, joins the Air Force and ends up on the Leviathan, uh, which, you know, sails east. And I don't know. So, yeah, what did we think about it? Uh, I do have this note here from Dan, who could not be with us, that says it was fine. Oh, riveting stuff. Thank you, Dan. Right, yeah. Uh, I think I would have liked it more if I was 13, because I do do love the, like, girl joining the military just as a dude. I don't know why this is a trope that I like. Anyways. Sure. It's a good trope. Uh, I like it, too. um, Because then it's like, uh, toughy bad girl, she's all out there doing the same stuff boys can do. Fuck yeah, girl power and all that stuff. Well, I like it too, because in, well, what is it? Shout out to campaigns. It's like, oh, she also is a lesbian. And I was like, oh, okay. That is funny. (laughs) (laughs) This is fine. (laughs) Don't mind me. I'm just going to be over here blushing a whole bunch and enjoying the hell out of this book. (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah, well, I was in high school when I read this the first time, and I read the entire series. I reread the entire series within the last four years, Aww. because it was since we started the podcast, which apparently was four years ago now. I don't um, believe it. And I actually, unfortunately, Peter could have read this book before and not had to read about Sabatons, because <laughs> this was the alternate book this I was the other book him. that you suggested. This was me. the other oh, one, yeah. <laughs> but it did books. go on. It did go on about the biology of these things, and I was yeah, just like, but... I'm going to. It, yeah, it was. I... It, trust me, it was not as tedious as the Red Knight. <laughs> However, having read the Red Knight, it has given us uh, a consistent, you know, 
mockery that we can uh, rely on, that we can come back to over and over again. So, you know, sabotons. You know what, though, about the the biology? I, I think that the author wanted to give equal weight and equal time to describing both the uh, like Darwinist creatures and the mechanist like creations. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And well, it's, not it's, it's, only it's, that. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. I, I was just gonna say it's inherently more fascinating to read about like giant robots. I think. Uh, Whoa! Wait a minute, Nick. I, okay. Um, I think I disagree mostly because I've read lots of <laughs> stuff that has giant robots or the like in them. Yeah, and, and, I guess, and I've read far okay. fewer giant Zeppelin-sized, you know, crewed by a hundred people, living whale blimps. Okay, so like that was pretty interesting. <laughs> Plus, I, I, just, I think because okay. it is for like a younger audience, we we kind of need to go into the science a little bit. Sure. Because it's not just like, yeah, and then we splice this DNA in this, and now we have this. And it's like... Now we have bats that eat metal and vomit it up on command. (laughs) And also... Or poop. It consumes farts. Or something like that. (laughs) Right. Something about turning methane into helium or whatever. I don't know. Anyway, it was pretty cool. Uh, I liked it. I kind of glazed over because I was just like, science. Okay. But science. I also do science. You've, yeah, you've probably had enough science for a while. <laughs> I do science for a living, so yeah, we we forgive you. <laughs> yeah, it is, it is tough when uh, when you're doing essentially what you do for work for leisure. It's not quite as enjoyable. well. I don't do eugenics as for work, but I do. She's <laughs> <laughs> saying that. Uh, I do eugenics in my spare time don't nope mm, don't do that I build a space station thank you very much not not people (laughs) space people no not space people 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 (laughs) space is hard okay space is very hard space is very soft you can just push right through it (laughs) <laughs> uh, but anyway. I will say it's a hundred percent. This book, going back to the book, it's a what thousand book? percent better than Uglies, which I also read and despised. Oh, I also read Uglies when I was in high school, and I was like, "This is fine. I don't really get it. I don't need to read more." I mean, picking uh, up this book is the first I ever heard of the Uglies, so I still don't know anything about them. It's 2010's dystopian. That's all you need to know about it. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, Katie and I are from the era of 2010's dystopian. <laughs> yep. Everything has become a Hunger Games like oh, clone. Yeah. Well, I, I, mean, after I remember that, that era. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but you weren't a teenage girl in the 2010's era. No. <laughs> That's what. Not 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 in that era. No. The golden right. age of dystopia for teenage girls. Feels weird to think of there being a dystopia golden age. It feels contradictory. It, feels like it, it, it is. It's like a jumbo well, shrimp. It, uh, I don't know. Well, I think we all experience the cycle of traditional publishing. One thing gets popular and then there's another. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. 
fads, so, trends, waves. It's like serial well, killers. It's, I love serial a good serial killers. killer. Sorry, what? Why well, I, I meant the copycat <laughs> aspect. Oh, oh shit. I also like a good cult. Hmm. Yeah. Nothing like a good cult. I think we don't really have a lot to talk about this book because it was so short. No, I think it's cute I think and I like it. It was fine. Yeah. No, no, I I, mean, I enjoyed it a bit more than I think Dan's response suggests. I, th- I I enjoyed it. I liked it. I'm not running to pick up the sequels. Um, it's okay. I, I have them. I'll lend it to you. I appreciate that, Katie. I'll be right over. <laughs> and uh, I have, I just, I like one thing stuck out at me. Does anyone know if all of the slang that Darren uses is like legit Scottish? Like barking slang? spiders? Mm, yeah, maybe barking, sure. Like that sound, that's, that to me felt more like, you know, um, a, a substitute for genuine cussing. Yeah. Um, but like it, plukes, blether, squick, skiting, yukum. I had a list. This is these are my only notes from the book. Um like is this Well just the squick is like a second. She uses it for anything that's that's like a bit, a sliver, a little piece, right? Like a squick of time or a squick of space or um, you know, like, like I figured out what most of them meant. Never, I never figured out yukum. Um, but uh, is it yukum? Well, it's spelled y o o k u m yukum. So um, I was like, yuker? Is it yuker? It's, it's a card game? Euchre. That's a card game. It's a it's a hearts derivative. Um, I love yuker. Really, <laughs> I do. I love yuker too. I've ne- uh, okay. Um, I mean, I was trying to say that I love you, Nick, but I because I, oh, I don't actually play euchre. Um, I've never even heard of euchre until right now. It's well, a welcome. person game. It's like spades. It's like hearts. It's a trick taking game. But none of that is important because uh, just yeah, I just kept seeing, you know, every time she talks, every other sentence, you know, plukes or blether or squick or skiting or yukum or barking. But again, that just felt like a. Uh, uh, why a way to say ah fucking spiders or whatever, um, and uh, I that one like every YA book needs its maybe not everyone but they need their their fark or their flark or whatever I they use. Like the the like fake cussing. I don't know. I mean, it yeah, it's fine if like whatever. It's people do it if they feel like they need to. And then they. I know, but it, it. in this one, it just bothered me because it was just like there was no world attached. Like sometimes I like it if there's like world attached. It's like, mm. uh, like the oh. death god's balls or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, like I, it, like if there was like a type of spider that they created that barked as like a warning system. Ah, barking spiders! Things are happening. I mean, like, well, that like that would be cool if they did that, but then it wouldn't make sense as a curse. Yeah, but like, then, then it would be like saying, ah, oh, pugs. Yeah. Well, but like, pugs cause... are quite disturbing. So, okay. Well, maybe <laughs> more like, ah, oh, miniature greyhounds. Um, Aww. But like the, the, the Hood's balls from uh, Mazel, Mal, Malazan, because the Death God's name is Hood. 
Ah, uh, sure. Yes. Uh, I don't know. I just like it when it's more connected to the world sometimes because it gives that's, insight. Yeah, that's fair. There's nothing wrong. Yeah, that's fine. I like barking. I just wrote off as like, okay, they wanted to say something that was like cousin, and this is what they said. That's fine. It was all it's the lazy. other ones. Yeah. Is it? Maybe. Hmm. I don't know. It is it lazy? It's not particularly um, inventive. Inventive, yeah. It's not particularly creative or inventive because, it, as you say, it's not really connected to anything else. But on the other hand, like that was not where this author chose to spend their creative energies, right? They instead made Darwinism and and all these creatures and blah, 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 right? Okay, yeah, fine. Like, I can, I write it off, apparently, a little more easily than you. It's a matter of taste. Well, it was just, they used it a lot. Yes, I yes, she does say than, barking a lot. More than anything, it's a missed opportunity, though, for the author to do some extra mm -hmm. world building, right? Yeah, fair. Because, um, like, shit in our world is poop. I don't know where the etymology of shit tech comes from, but it has another meaning. Well, I can tell you where crap comes from. I can tell you where crap comes from. Where does crap come from? Is it from the guy named Crapper? Yeah, John Crapper invented the toilet. Yeah. So people called it the Crapper, where you take a crap. I thought I thought that was a an urban. I legend. thought that was also. Yeah, I thought nope. it was fake. That's it's that's a real thing. You're a real but, thing. But like most of our swear words have like a double meaning kind of thing, at least in English. Yes. Yeah, I agree with you, Rachel, on that, actually. I, um, um, I I definitely prefer when there's actual, like, when you can actually learn something about the book, about the world setting, from those. Because, um, like, I don't mind fake swearing. It's just when it's used to ad nauseum. You know what, though? I, when I read books that have real swearing, it actually bothers me a lot more, usually. It feels juvenile and professional. Yeah, it doesn't feel lazy a lot of times. It Actually, I, I don't like when real swears are in books very much. Like any books or books that are, you know, second well, world fantasy or something? Yeah, especially fantasy or sci-fi or, like, I don't know, it bugs me sometimes takes me out sure. of it takes mm -hmm. me out of the setting why would they why would they use this word which is weird that it takes me out of the setting but it does i mean um, i mean you know why would they use this word i mean the answer is that the you know same reason they use other words that have uh you know latin or or greek derivation it's because right. it's all translated into what we can read um but it's it, it gives an opportunity for the author to expand the world. It's fine if people don't do it. It's just uh, it bothered me particularly in this one because there was a lot of it. And they did. They, they do did. say it a lot. Yeah. And I think it's it, also. I think it's supposed to kind of show that, like, yeah, she's a sailor. She swears well, like a sailor. Well, I read it as mm. it's a twelve-year-old boy le who learned how to swear. Also that, <laughs> and she doesn't get away with it with her mom and her aunties. <laughs> which is fine but uh all right so yeah it was fun uh for me as a 40s age man who's reading it for the first time 
Um, and, you know, Katie obviously knows this book well and fondly. Um, there you it, go. It would, it would make a good TV show. It could, yeah. Like animated or something like that? Studio Ghibli style. Oh, yeah. Huh. Fuck, don't we yeah. have... I don't know if that's is the it, right style. I mean, what is the fly, flying castle? Howl's moving, moving castle? castle? No, castle no. in the sky. Castle, castle in the sky. In the sky. Uh, I, kind of love, I kind of have like a real soft spot for uh, when like or Japanese made World War inspired settings. It's very hyper specific, but um, I've played some video games that are meant to be like World War One, World War Two style Japanese video games, or even um, one of those Studio Ghibli films at least, probably more than one of them have that kind of vibe going on. I just it's, well, Howl's Moving Castle definitely yeah. has that. Yeah, that's and the one. <laughs> so does I want to say Nausicaa? Nausicaa? Yeah, I was thinking of Nausicaa. Yeah, and they fly in there too. So they do, and somebody's a pig. No, that's Porco Rosso. Oh, darn. Sorry. Which is also a good movie and is also kind of like the same World War One, World War Two era. And it's got your boy, uh, Michael Keaton. It does? And, yeah, he's Wait. Porco Rosso himself. <laughs> um, okay, I, but it's for the, for the English dub, I presume. Yes. Okay. No, which, he's the he's the Japanese version. See, now that would be nifty. But no, I see. I I always <laughs> do use subtitles, so I would never learn that. Um, sadly, anyway. Uh, besides, Michael Keaton is Batman. Um. All right, that's cool. Uh, thanks, guys. Uh, high five. Are we done? Are we? I don't know. No. Are we, no. Are we? Done. We didn't even talk about the plot. We didn't talk about. Uh, Do we need to talk about the plot? It's war. It's beginning of World War One. Hold on, hold on. I want to see how fast I can sum this up. This is spoiler zone. It is really, Um, it is really short. Yeah. Oh, we need a klaxon for the spoiler alert version. (laughs) Wait, are there any in the soundboard? Um, No. no, uh, Hmm. Just go ahead and send me the sound file you want to use. And I'll pop it right <laughs> here. Did we both click it at the same time? I didn't touch anything. Oh, I touched jalapeno. Did anybody oh, else no, do I, it? I have like soundboard's Rachel's volume did. off. I missed it. I didn't touch it. Okay. Well, I might have All clicked right. it twice then. <laughs> anyway, okay. So, spoilers. Uh, I'm going to see how fast I can do this. So, Darren joins the Air Force, and they sail east on the airship Leviathan. Alex, wait, no, I'm doing, I'm just, look, I'm just going to do it. Peter, you're running out of time. You only have 30 seconds left. Your mama's running out of time. So Alex wakes up when his uh, his retainers learn that his parents have been assassinated uh, and is starting the, the World War I effectively, and they smuggle him out of the country into Switzerland where he can hypothetically be safe in a big clanker machine. They are supposed to hide in a castle there, except, oh no, Leviathan is attacked, and it lands on the ground nearby, and then Alex goes out to help, and then there's some 
conflict, but they work to the two sides work together. And and Darren meets Alex and has little pitter pats and and that's fine. Did that sum it up? I think that summed it up. Well, my thing is no. she acts <laughs> she like accidentally gets herself on the Leviathan. I don't think that was an important part. Okay. Like I was I was really trying to just sum up the major parts. She's on an airship, she goes east. He's fleeing for his life for political reasons and heads west. They meet up in Switzerland after Leviathan crashes and he helps them and there's some political stuff maneuvering a little bit of stuff and then they're friends now apparently. Um and and she uh thinks she might like him. I mean, could we talk about the fact that, like, they have to work together and combine their technology? So now we have, like, a giant Leviathan with, like, clanker parts. Okay, nope, we're not that, talking about that. Yeah, you know, you're, that's, that's fair. That is a more important <laughs> element that's, like, for what's coming sick. next. It is pretty it is cool. Pretty and sick. Go, and, it, and it ends with them going to Istanbul. <laughs> yes, they're trying to go there so they can deliver some mysterious eggs that are some new engineered species that's supposed to it's important for some reason that we never learn in this book did it not hatch no oh not in this book they're gonna that's unfortunate they'll hatch i presume in the next book sure i i I think it called well the next book's called behemoth i think yes Behemoth well, and then Goliath. And they're they're just the names of other ships. Just bigger um, and bigger ships. Or uh, not just ships. I think Gol- Behemoth is actually like basically a submarine. Oh, that's cool. Why isn't Leviathan the submarine? Shh. I don't know. Don't worry about Maybe it. Maybe because it's a giant like tentacle monster. No, it's I a mean, whale. Yeah, it's like a flying whale. Yeah. Which is normal. I'm a flying whale. So, um, anyway, yeah. Yeah, I think the general was, it was good. I might read the sequels at a point in time. That's not now. Cool. Yeah. So, high five, um, mission accomplished. Go home early, take a nap, read a book. <laughs> this is a really short episode. <laughs> You're a short yeah. episode. Um, She's taller than most of us. Yeah. You're a taller than most of us episode. Anyway, um, so yeah, if you are interested in fun adventures and traveling the world, join the Navy. <laughs> oh, sorry, 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 sorry. <laughs> sorry. Um, read these books. They're fun and cute, and it's a blend of like different sciencey stuffs. And adventure. I did. It did cause me to look up World War One history because I was like, "What's real here? What's the real yeah. part?" So that was actually something the author went over at the end a little bit too, which was cool. Cause... Yeah, I saw. So I, I saw some of that in the there was there was a portion after at the end of the book. Okay. Yeah. So obviously, Alec is not a real character, but his parents were. Yes. Um. And what I thought. What I thought was interesting at least i mean this is just a very small part but alec goes into detail about how he is not actually a proper 
duke or archduke because his parents married for love not for politics so they were basically yeah. forced into a what he called a left-hand marriage which means they can get married but their children cannot inherit anything yeah i believe that was a real thing and yeah and it was so even though alec wasn't real they did actually have several children and they right. did actually archduke franz ferdinand did actually have a left-hand marriage with his right wife. basically who and he was he was basically disinherited yeah um, even to the point that the whole detail in the book about how he left um a watch that whole thing was all true that there was a watch yeah in the book he said um his father like left a watch somewhere and in oh. the watch was the picture of his mother and oh it was, it was a whole thing so okay yeah i don't know I thought that was interesting. No, I mean, well, uh, the, the, like, what I found interesting, so in the, in the book, um, Alex's father secretly went to the Pope and got the Pope to mm-hmm. approve Alex as a, a, an heir of the kingdom, basically. Um, so Alex could inherit the, the archduchy and eventually the, um, the empire. Um, and what I found interesting about the the note, the author's note at the end was that in real history, Archduke Ferdinand uh, did go maybe multiple times to the to his father, the emperor, and to the Pope, trying to get them to uh, uh, approve his his heirs as uh, royal heirs. Uh, but in the real world, they never did. So I thought that was neat. That was a piece of history I did not know. You're welcome. Thank you, Katie. (laughs) In this, as in all things, you improve me. Aw, I'm going to take that as a compliment. You should. Jesus. Okay. Anyway. So yeah. Any final thoughts on this before we go back into talking about cards for that next month? Um, cute. Well, I think I want just a just a squick of blether before I skate off. <laughs> what? Yeah, I don't know. I'm done. It's a. I can delete this note now. Move to trash. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Okay. Well, yeah. Uh, thank you all for 50 episodes. 51 now. Yeah, oh, hold on. Hold uh, on. Hold on. I oh, think no. We have a thing for this. No. <laughs> no, we don't. Yay. Uh, clapping. Why did they have to put in a soundboard? I do not approve. That didn't I'm sound so like glad I basically sounded... muted it. <laughs> that sounded really awful, whatever it was. Clapping. It was it was the golf clap. No. Oh, for fuck's <laughs> sakes! Fuck you guys. I quit. No. <laughs> You've been here for fifty episodes. You can't quit. I know. I'm in it for the long haul. Well, we could have we we could we should have a behind the scenes episode of F bomb of how we got created because that was a thing that happened. <laughs> I'm. I mean, I'm not sure it's all that interesting. Uh, no, no. Oh, Peter, our origin story is like better than Batman's. I mean, look, 
didn't don't all podcasts begin with a radioactivity accident and uh, being you know bitten by radioactive vines and that kind of stuff? Oh my god! I thought you said radioactive, like <laughs> something happening on the radio. <laughs> For that, the fuck. So, oh my see, god, that I'm would have been tired. way more clever than I actually was. Okay, so wait, do we want oh to gosh. do we want to announce like next month's theme and book, or do we want to argue about it being 52 cards? And so instead we should do this other book. We can argue about that right now. Live. Yes. Okay. Decision, so, decision huh? making podcast. <laughs> That's right. No, we're well, so good. Welcome at back to Deciding Things podcast, where we decide things. Where we don't have arguments because we just oh say, well, what about this thing? And everyone goes, sure. Sure. <laughs> then, yeah, sure, that works. Oh, wait, <laughs> let me see if it's available at my bookstore. Okay, so um, if we wanted to off the cuff follow the uh, theme of cards, there is an interesting book by Tim Powers called Last Call that is basically about a poker player who is also in some, like, who starts finding his way into some kind of weird supernatural world um, that involves, like, tarot cards and the like. So, hypothetically, we could read that. Um, it is by no means young adult. Next well, month, uh, for the theme of cards, to celebrate our 52nd episode, we are reading and discussing Last Call by Tim Powers. There, I said it. Can't take it back. There's no way someone could possibly edit this out and substitute a book of their own choice. That seems like a lot yeah. of work. Yeah, it does. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, um... Well, then in two months, we're going to be doing Elemental with the book. Uh, the, book oh, the, shadow, the Shadow, no, The Rise of Kiyoshi by F.C. Yi, um, which is the first tie-in book for the Avatar The Last Airbender, um, a prequel book to the series. Cool beans. Heck yeah. All right. And we are going to sign the fuck out of here. I'm Katie. You can find me not on Twitter. Shit, what's my thing? Um, you can check out my bookstore, griffinsroostbt.com. Um, and, and, and don't forget. <laughs> I was going to say, and don't forget, you know, if you don't want to support directly, you can always add it to, to as your bookstore and Libra, Libra FM. It's true. And then I can look at all of your dirty smut. And then mm -hmm. we have Nick. Hey, I'm Nick. Um, you can find me and the other podcasts I do on too many thoughts media.com. That's T O O many thoughts media.com. Peter. What? Do your thing. Oh. And Rachel. Hi. Thanks, sis. Uh, currently, right now, I'm reading uh, the Spiffbo Nine books for my friend Covers with Cassidy, and hopefully get to provide her with a great uh, semi-finalist. So that will maybe win. Who knows? Not me. And Peter. Hi, I'm Peter, and welcome to another episode of Fantasy Book of the Month. Um, right. 
You can find me at pashafer.com. That's P-A-S-C-H-A-E-F-E-R, where I write uh, 200-word stories and do other little things. And um, look, Twitter is a dying fire, so don't go there. Um, You can also find my role-playing game or other game material stuff at shoelesspeepgames.com. We did it, guys. We did it. Okay, so until next time, keep reading. Or else.